And on this episode of Mike Crispy Unafraid, guys, it is so good to be back with you. I missed you guys. We are going to talk about the speaker race and all the craziness that occurred on Friday night into the weekend. The guy begged, borrowed, and stole his way in. We're going to talk about what this means and what is coming up next. Also, Brazil. What is going on in Brazil right now? They're having their own version of January 6th, I think. Uh, where's Ray Epps? We're missing him. Also, Hakeem Jeffries. Who is this guy? Given the ABC speech. We got all that and more. Such a big show for you guys today. I want to welcome everybody back. I appreciate everybody who missed us. And a great job by Isabella Moody, the one and only, for filling in for me. I'm ready. Frankie's ready. We got a big show for you. And let's go. And hello, everybody. Mike Crispy here, coming to you live from New York on this Monday, January 9th. So good to be with you guys. Um, got producer Frankie in the house. Uh, Frankie, how we doing? Guys, I'm not going to lie. I did enjoy my uh, vacation, but it is great to be back. Oh, man. So great to be back, guys. I am so excited to be with you guys here today. I am so excited because right now, guys, the mainstream media has died. The mainstream media has died, and we know this because of their shameless self-promotion of Kevin McCarthy during the speaker race. It was nauseating. It was absurd. So in this monologue here, we're going to break down exactly what happened from start to finish. Because a lot of you guys, I was getting messages on social media. What's going on with the speaker race? How's that going? What does this mean? Why? are people flipping their vote, but I want to start by highlighting the worst of the worst, and that was Newt Gingrich, right? He needs to be checked into a mental home, Newt Gingrich, okay? Not on Fox News. We also have Mark Levin, who used to be a reputable talk show host. Now, you got to put him in the dumpster. He's done. And Fox News entirely parroting these talking points. Sean Hannity on down. Frankie, roll the clip of Kill Me. Ways to get around this and try to come together today at, at noon. Right, but here's the thing: if you pick Jim, just how insincere the insurrectionists are. We might probably shouldn't use that word. The people that don't want to. Oh, oh insurrectionists! Do you hear that guy? Insurrectionists, he calls them. That is so incredible, guys. Insurrectionists. So if you believe that the Kevin McCarthy way of the party, bending down to Kevin McCarthy's will and doing what he wants, if you believe that is insurrectionist. Well, then let me tell you, Fox News is no friend of you. So it really was incredible, everybody, because what happened was you saw people bowing down to Kevin and not seeking any concessions. People were saying, we need to give in to Kevin McCarthy's demands because he is the only guy that we have. That's what people were saying. But then the 20 holdouts after Kevin McCarthy made all his concessions, now all of the people who were in Kevin's camp to begin with are now saying, oh, Kevin McCarthy's going to do this, and he's going to do this, and he's going to stand for this bold agenda. That's what they're saying. Oh, he's going to investigate January 6th. He's going to do a term limit amendment. He's going to do all this stuff. I have a question for all the Kevin McCarthy people. If you believed that they should have bowed down at the beginning, and your reason for supporting Kevin was because of he's the only guy. Now, why are you touting the things that the holdouts got as his agenda when if it was up to you, there would be no agenda? So we're going to roll this incredible moment from the Friday night fiasco. I didn't even go out. I didn't socialize on Friday night. I stayed in and I watched this unfold. Gates versus McCarthy. Listen to the commentary here on Newsmax. It was unlike anything we've ever seen. Think about it, guys. This is history over 100 years. Roll the clip. Oh. So that's why you see McCarthy back there at the bench 
with all with with the group of four now that have been the group of four that have been saying from the very beginning they weren't going to vote uh, for him other than Crane. Crane is was not part of that group, that original group. Uh, but he is from Arizona. He's very close to Andy Biggs. Um, and and so that's that's what it's coming down to, a freshman Arizona congressman. And we're watching right here, and I, I'm not sure if you can see it, Rick, but we're watching McCarthy talking to Bobert and Gates in the back of the room, surrounded by a number of, of other members. So, yeah, so go the, ahead. So the other option would be for either Bobert or Gates. Let's see here. Yes. <laughs> this guy coming around, and right. you see that the lunch with the hairpiece, the oh, toupee. I love that. Just, Alabama second district congressman right there. I believe his name is Mike Rogers. That guy needs to be expelled for his utter abhorrent behavior. Absurd. Kevin McCarthy begging and pleading. Think about it. This big, strong guy that spent all this money against us in the primaries. This big, strong guy that said that President Trump needed to resign after January 6th got reduced to begging Matt Gates at the end of the day for his vote. When he, what happened was he left the chamber and he came back in and he voted president at the end. And essentially he was the last guy because if you leave the chamber, come back in and you vote. He needed to vote for him. If you vote president, it lowers the threshold and you have to have a majority of the threshold that are casting ballots. That's how it works. A lot of people were texting me asking what's going on here. How's this work? So that's what he needed to do. And he stuck to his guns. It was incredible. All the people surrounding him, the scene that was getting around Matt Gates, and he held the line. We've never seen politicians not bend to the mob so boldly and courageously as Matt Gates. But for every strong conservative out there, you have somebody who's on the flip side of it. You have somebody that caved to the mob. And it was really nuts to see over the last couple of days, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her antics, because if it was up to Marjorie Taylor Greene, all these conservative things that she's now touting as Kevin McCarthy's agenda would not have even happened because she wanted everybody to go in line. As a matter of fact, she was very angry when conservatives did not do it. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene just before one of the last votes. Frankie, roll the clip. I haven't asked for one thing for my for myself, and I'm the only Republican that has zero committees. So you would think I would be the one in there asking for something, but I haven't done that. But I find out that it's my uh, Freedom Caucus colleagues and my supposed friends that went and did that, and they asked nothing for me, nothing. That's what I found out in there. Oh, asked absolutely nothing, she tells you. She didn't ask for anything. No, that's because, and I think it's safe to say, all the cheerleading, all the fangirling, people were saying, why is she fangirling and cheerleading like this? It's quite strange. Well, she was doing it because, and I would say this, and I think my hypothesis has been validated through this process, is that she was being, I think, blackmailed. Something was being held over her head that made her just go in line with Kevin McCarthy. And again, all the things now as the quote unquote conservatives and the Republicans try to rewrite history, they are rewriting it by incorporating the things that the 20 holdouts got as their concession as part of the reason why they supported Kevin in the first place. Think about how fundamentally ridiculous that is. Think about how ridiculous it is. But another thing that many people came to me and asked me over the weekend was, well, what was President Trump's involvement in all this thing because, you know, Kevin McCarthy spent millions of dollars against Trump-endorsed candidates in congressional primaries because he was spending all the money that came into the RNC 
on candidates that would only vote for him for speaker and spending against those candidates. And then what would happen is all this oppo is dumped on them in the primary. Sometimes the patriotic candidate would win and get across the finish line. And then in the general, they were at a disadvantage because the Democrats were able to go against a beat up candidate with less resources. You got that with Kevin. You have the fact that he's bought out by big tech lobbyists. You have the fact that he said Trump should resign after January 6th. You have all these things that point to a liberal agenda, okay? A liberal California Republican. But if you ask Kevin McCarthy and what we saw in the House floor, proof of it, Donald Trump was involved in getting Kevin over the finish line, whether we like it or not. Here's the clip from McCarthy at about 2 a.m. on Friday into Saturday after he won. Frankie, roll We want to especially thank uh, President Trump. I don't think you should anybody should doubt his influence. He was with me from the beginning. Somebody wrote the doubt of whether he was there, and he was all in. He would call me, and he would call others. And uh, he really was, I was just talking to him tonight, um, helping get those final votes. What he's really saying, really, for the party and the country, that we have to come together. We have to focus on the economy. We've got to focus, make our borders secure. We got to do so much work to do, and he was a great influence to make that all happen. So, thank you, President. All right. Trump. So you you heard it there. We're good there, Frankie. You heard it there. Him say that his involvement was getting him over the finish line. And you guys saw Marjorie Taylor Greene on the phone with the DT, that was President Trump, trying to give the phone to Congressman Rosendale at the end to get him to flip his vote. And Rosendale put his hand up and said, don't you do this to me, basically just kind of like, you know, bum rush him with the phone call from Trump. So it was a very dramatic, insane scene. The intrigue was unlike anything we've ever seen. And I got to say this, guys, at the end of the day, President Trump was influenced by a guy named Brian Jack. Brian Jack is one of President Trump's campaign managers, three people who are running the campaign. Okay, Brian Jack is one of the three. And he has been on the take from Kevin McCarthy uh, on his FEC reports, if you look that up the whole time, as a paid consultant. So clearly, Brian Jack, who's in President Trump's ear, is telling him that McCarthy will lead to President Trump getting his agenda through and being somebody who's an ally to work with, all that stuff. Okay, now... We will see, time will tell if what President Trump did was the right move or not. A lot of people say, well, trust the plan, trust the plan, President Trump blindly. Listen, I don't know, guys. Kevin McCarthy is not somebody who can be trusted. Kevin McCarthy is somebody who has proven time and time again when the chips are down that he lets us down. So if Kevin McCarthy does well, it's not because of him. It's because of the brave 20 people that held the line and forced him into 15 votes, which was more votes for speaker than any candidate for speaker since the mid-1800s. We're talking 1854, I think it was. 1854. So do not let the weight and the magnitude of this moment pass you by. We witnessed true history and the House Freedom Caucus, everyone was saying on Fox News, the new king, which is, oh, you know, he's going to be just five votes short and these holdouts don't understand, blah, 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 blah. Okay. But that there was over 20 people. All of my sources held true. So shout out to my sources out there if you're watching, because they all told me that he would be about 20 votes short, which is historic. But here are the concessions that he made. Frankie, we got this headline here from the Gateway Pundit that lined, laid out all of the concessions. And I have been, obviously, as many of you know, uh, very anti-Kevin McCarthy. He spent money against me in my primary. I am no fan of him. He hurt a lot of my friends who were also running. People that I know wanted the best for the country. But my statement is this on the speaker race. We got Kevin McCarthy, he's in. 
And I believe at this point, all of the people who opposed him and got what they wanted, it's not that I trust McCarthy because I do not, I will not, I never will. I think that he will do things that we will come to, President Trump will come to regret. However, I think that if he sticks to these rules, we are going to be okay. So it's not that I trust him, but is that the people who are going to be holding him accountable, I trust them because they held the line and they got these concessions. So it's not like, oh, we need, oh, Kevin McCarthy, we have this incredible fearless leader, rah, rah, bow down like the Democrats do to Nancy Pelosi, almost like it's Kim Jong-un, right? They never step out of line. There's no independent thought with them. But here you go. This is what we got out of him. Here's the concessions. Members of the Conservative House Freedom Caucus are guaranteed to be added to the rules panel. Amazing. They are tremendous, the tremendous power in setting the terms of the debate. Usually it operates as a tool of the speaker. Now the Freedom Caucus is on top of that. Amazing. Very important there. McCarthy lowered his threshold for the motion to vacate. That means that if that was put in place by Thomas Jefferson, I believe, that means that if members do not believe that the um, speaker is up to his duties, that one member can call for a vote, which is a majority vote, to remove him as speaker. Pretty amazing. Pretty interesting that that went through. So that is now on the table. The motion to vacate went from five members to call for it for the vote to one member. So he is going to stay in line because even if there's no majority for Kevin McCarthy to get booted, if there was a motion to vacate, those optics would show him weaker and weaker. Kevin McCarthy could care less about the country. He cares about his optics first. And if we can get things out of him and forcefully pound him into submission there, well, then I'm okay with it for now until he really screws us. The holdouts reportedly pledged to get a floor vote on term limits and border security. I can't wait to see what happens with term limits. And border security, not for the migrant facilities, but I'm talking border security, meaning actually doing something to defend the integrity of the wall, not putting shipping containers. We needed that. Next, this is a big one. The conservative leadership pack that McCarthy was using to fund primary challengers to hurt MAGA candidates has made an agreement with the Club for Growth and has made a public statement that they will not interject in open primary battles. Now, there are ways around that. So it's a good thing on its face. Everyone was celebrating it, but I know because I know campaign finance works. There are ways around that through moving RNC party money and this dark money stuff. So we're going to stay on top of that and see if he means what he says or if he's a snake. We'll be able to point that out. Uh, McCarthy allegedly agreed to allow open rules on spending measures, meaning if you're going to raise the debt ceiling, you have to cut spending. And they're going to be massive accountability with the DOJ, the weaponization of the DOJ, information about the January 6th prisoners, all of these things coming as a result of the 20 people holding the line. Now, is the fight over? Absolutely not. It's not over because now, if you guys know Congress uh, works and the proceedings and the rules, it is very cumbersome and convoluted. Um, so I appreciate you guys bearing with as I explain this. And if you guys were watching C-SPAN and any of this, you're probably like, wow, Congress has never been so uh, uh, animated and interesting because usually it's just a bunch of boring people moving papers around and raising their hands and casting votes and all that. But now Congress needs to vote on the rules package. The rules package is everything that I just outlaid. What happens is when a new Congress comes into control, there is a vote for the rules package to be adopted, which usually comes out of the Speaker's office, and then there is a majority vote on it. Now, the McCarthyites, okay, out there, need to vote yes on the rules package. Otherwise, we have a massive, massive problem. Will the rules package pass? This is Kevin McCarthy's first test, because rhinos like Nancy Mace, anti-Americans like Nancy Mace, they need to get in line and vote yes for it. And Nancy Mace just yesterday said this on Face the Nation. Frankie, roll it. 
support it. But what I don't support is a small number of people trying to get a deal done or deals done for themselves yeah. in private, in secret, to get a, a vote or a vote present. Uh, I don't support that. That okay. is just what Nancy Pelosi does, and that's not what they should be doing. And so Do I am on the fence right now about the rules package vote tomorrow for that reason. Oh, interesting. She's on the fence for the rules package vote for that reason. So that's the next test, guys, that we need to see. We need to get this rules package through. And if the quote-unquote McCarthy people do not agree to the terms that he agreed to to be speaker, and now there's a massive uh, cluster with the rules package, well, then we have big problems. So we're going to be following it every step of the way to ensure the accountability, to see if Trump was right, to see if the people who flipped their vote from somebody else to president is right. We're going to see what happens. We're going to stay tuned. We're going to follow it and hold him accountable because right now, if we do not get this Congress in line, our country is going to be robbed out from under us. That's why this fight was so important. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more. Do not go anywhere. All right, everybody. How All are right, we doing? Frankie, we are back. Frankie, we are back in business, guys. I am so grateful for everybody. Frankie, we got the tech, you know, on the ones and twos. Yeah, Frankie, so, uh, producer Frankie, back in action. We love it. Yep. Yeah, so we got a bit of a, Talk to the people, a bit Frankie. of an audio uh, situation. So I just want to restart that stream on uh, on on the camera over there for a moment while I uh, while I what? Re I'm going to read through the Rumble chat for a little bit. Uh, okay. Because it's been a little, it's been a little while, guys, and uh, I miss y'all, and I apologize that we uh, we missed a few days uh, last week, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's been it's been nice, uh, but you know we're back. Here we go, and we got you back there, Crispy. Yeah, amazing. Um, um, uh, oh, we're back in action. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm throwing on the right. Rumble chat for you. There you go. All right, I'm going to uh, read some of the Rumble Chats here. I am looking at the chat, guys. So great to be back with you all. Got Ashanti, welcome back. Pat FNDR seems to be an audio delay on Mike. Uh, we will get that fixed, promise. Amanda Collins, great to see you. Isabella in the chat, guys. Stay tuned for Isabella Moody and her new show coming up. We love that. Brad Burgess, great to see you. Guys, it's so great to be back with you all. Um, Frank, if you can hear me, give me the go-ahead when we are ready to roll on back into it. But uh, it's great to see you guys. Sly57, Amanda, PGM&E. Um, feel like the concessions are better than getting a different speaker. Um, listen, I agree with that. I think that's that's definitely a good thing. Um, what do I need to do, Frankie? Yeah, you just need to restart that uh, on-air button over there. On that okay, beautiful, hit off and on? Yeah, off and on. We'll get you right back. So, guys, we right. have uh, spent our last two weeks upgrading our uh, tech. And this week is what we call Tech Week. And we are trying it all out. And so far, it's been great. But, you know, there's always a, there's always a hiccup. Once or twice, so we have reinitialized our connection with Michael, and he's back. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Feel like I'm uh, getting the concession. Concessions is better than getting a different speaker. Ah, uh, I I could agree there. I could agree there, PGM. All right, Frankie, how am I doing? Oh, I'm back? You look fantastic, and the crowd. All right, are we are we back in action? <laughs> yeah, we're we're beautiful. All right, and all our, all our uh, listen, guys, shout out to producer Frankie for making the technical adjustments on the fly. Are we good on all that? Yeah, we're beautiful. Beautiful. All right, let's roll on into it. All right, we are on in. 
five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Mike Crispy here, coming to you live here on this amazing Monday. So great to be back with you guys. I miss you guys as we were out. I am so excited for what we have in store here at Mike Crispy Unafraid. And on this network, we are doing huge things to reach new heights. And I appreciate everybody who stuck with me, who's followed me in the speaker process. We need accountability, guys, because right now our country is at stake and the world is at stake, okay? A big theme on the show, if you're joining us, we have massive live viewership today. If you are joining us, a big theme on this show is talking about what is going on around the world, okay? Because the World Economic Forum, China, are bearing down their influence on our country, on our world. So I think something very interesting happened in Brazil over the weekend, and it is even more interesting to me that the mainstream media did not cover it. You would think the media that went gangbusters and bonkers on covering, you know, January 6th and the QAnon shaman and all these things, that they would be all over another copycat incident of the day's events. And that's exactly what happened in Brazil over the weekend. And conspicuously, Fox News, nobody is talking about this, and they call them themselves a conservative outlet. Now, we're going to draw the parallels here in this segment because it was almost too bizarre to be believed. It's like red, white, and blue was replaced with green and yellow. And there you go. That was the events. So Frankie, roll the clip here first. You got this first clip ready? Roll the clip here first of the scene and tell me, guys, if this looks like the Capitol. Ready? Roll it. Aí, aqui é o povo. O povo tem o poder. O povo tem o poder. Interesting. So basically, as you can see there, we had an exact copycat there. The people were coming in. They went to the capital of Brazil, the Congress of Brazil, and it looked nearly identical to what we saw on January 6th. Now, people were saying, well, is this a organic uprising or is this another false flag operation purported by government officials? The CIA went down to Brazil right before election day, if you guys remember, and told Bolsonaro we needed to accept the results of the election even before the election took place. That's what he did. Very interesting. And he went down there And the CIA went down there. The CIA director went down there. They told him this. And now we have this event. And a friend of mine, uh, Frankie, that's wrong. A friend of mine, Ian Smith. um, Frankie, cut that. Cut that. A friend of mine, Ian Smith, was saying that he talked to friends of his and that they're saying that there was no security at the building, at the Capitol building. But guys, it gets even weirder. Frankie, we got this footage here of people at the podium, just like in the scenes from the Capitol building. Roll this clip. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. We're good there. So isn't it incredible that the scenes are nearly identical? It's almost if Ray Epps opened up the January 6th instruction manual and said, oh, well, we need to go to the podium. That was a good scene. Oh, we need to have a Brazilian shaman that really played well with the audience at home. Okay, we need to have it look like this. We need to make sure the cameras are in position. We need to make sure the security steps back. It's almost like it was choreographed in the exact same fashion for the exact same reasons to 
quell, nullify, and be able to clamp down on people that have a concern with the process of voting. Almost to a T. And I was thinking, well, what could it be? Could it be the organic uprising or could it be something else going on? And then I saw the resident in chief Joe Biden put up this tweet. Frankie, pop this tweet on the scene. And I said, okay, we got the answer here. This was from Joe Biden. I condemn the assault on democracy and the peaceful transfer of power in Brazil. Brazil's democratic institutions have our full support and the Brazilian people must not be undermined. I look forward to continually working with President Lula. And as soon as I saw that, I said, all right, Joe, thank you very much for telling us who was behind the events in Brazil. Almost exactly two years, three years later, in truly two years later, truly incredible what we saw there. And when Joe Biden says that, we know who is truly behind this operation. Really is stunning. And it is even more stunning that now American politicians are commenting on this. Now, if you guys didn't know, Bolsonaro left and came to Miami, Florida, because basically Lula, who is a puppet of China, who is installed there, Lula said that once he is in, he is going to lock Bolsonaro up and persecute him for doing what he did after the election. That's what they do in these third world countries. They lock up the opposition leader. So Lula was set to do that to Bolsonaro. He had to leave the country. But listen. Listen to how Democrat elected members of Congress twist the narrative, okay, twist the narrative for the socialists, twist the narrative for the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, influenced people, and parrot absolute bullshit that actually Bolsonaro left because he was inciting this and wanted to get out before he could get arrested. That is an absolute twisting of the facts. Frankie, roll this absurd interview. Well, Bolsonaro was an authoritarian leader and I stand with the democratically elected leadership in Brazil. And he basically used the Trump playbook to inspire domestic terrorists to try to take over the government. And you're right, it looks a lot like January 6th in the United States. And right now, Bolsonaro is in Florida and he's actually very close to, to Donald Trump. Uh, he should be extradited to Brazil, in fact, uh, it was reported that he was under investigation for corruption and fled Brazil to the United States. So we were talking about asylum seekers and immigration earlier. Uh, Republicans make a big deal and try to scare people about bad people uh, in those groups coming to the United States. Well, they know where one of them is. Jair Bolsonaro is in Florida hanging out with Donald Trump. He's a dangerous man. They should send him back to his home country, Brazil. Oh, oh, he's just like Donald Trump. He's dangerous like Donald Trump. Do you hear he's an authoritarian ruler? He's an authoritarian ruler. They use the same exact playbook, guys. They use the same playbook because Bolsonaro, the thing that President Trump and Bolsonaro had in common is that they were both people that advocated for the interests of their citizens first. They were also two of the only world leaders that are not involved in the World Economic Forum. We're gonna talk about that in the next block. They were also two of the only leaders that stood up to things such as the international trade deals, such as uh, Bolsonaro stood up to Pfizer and the vaccine pushers. Bolsonaro stood up to the climate change lobby. He did all of these things. And you hear people like Representative Castro, the guy who famously had to stand on a wooden box because he was too short on the podium when he was running for president for a couple of weeks, parrot these talking points. Irresponsible talking points at that.
So the question is, how does this thing keep happening? How do they keep getting away with it? And why are they doing this? And I could tell you exactly why. And if you look at the footage that they will not show you on television, and we're going to roll this footage here of people being mass arrested, but what we are not going to show you, because it's too brutal, and I know producer Frankie has a weak stomach. Just kidding, Frankie's tough. But uh, we're I saw videos of people getting shot by the police. I'm talking guns, shooting people down, people having bullets in their legs, people trying to remove the bullets. It's gruesome footage on Twitter. Now that Twitter is free, you can search and find that stuff. Gruesome. I saw police forces at Lula's discretion having them ram through the crowd, the police car going full speed through to mow over and kill protesters. Because the standard there for law and order is a little bit different. They're able to act with this type of autocratic mindset that in America, we still, I don't think, would be able to fly. Even though they've, the regime has come into control and they've moved things back, I don't believe that would fly. But in Brazil, they are able to get away with it and nobody's showing it to you. They're showing you these insurrectionists, right? The same thing that Kilmeade called the 20 holdouts, the same thing that CNN is now calling the people who are still sitting in the gulags of January 6th. Oh, what are they doing in Brazil right now? Oh, they're locking people up and they're never gonna see the light of day again. The people, not for doing their First Amendment and exercising going in there. I don't think they have a First Amendment in Brazil, but they could definitely talk and assemble and do that, but so they do not continue to question Lula's legitimacy. You lure people to the Capitol, then you use force to harm them, put fear in them, and then lock them up. Frankie, all the clip. Amazing. So what you're seeing there, guys, you are seeing people, we're good there, Frank, in the audio, you are seeing people getting locked up in mass. They are hauling the prisoners away. And I think it's going to be even worse than the January 6th gulag. Now, before the election, we talked about how Brazil was one of the only countries left in South America. Again, a very natural resources rich country that was independent from Chinese influence. Bolsonaro was the last holdout. We also showed the similarities where before the election, Bolsonaro was getting massive crowds, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, people. Lula, who was an ex-con who got out of jail, who's a socialist tied to China. It goes way back. He's had good relationships with them. We showed him talking about China favorably and the CCP favorably and communism favorably. We showed his rallies that had 100 people. And then we showed you on election day the exact same process. Bolsonaro up big. Lula comes out of nowhere, takes it. As soon as the election's over, people were protesting in the street, very similar to Stop the Steal. You had thousands of people all over the state marching. They were trying to get the military involved, doing all of these things, okay? And then a culmination of it reached its fever pitch when people went to the Brazilian Congress right after he was sworn in, Lula was. And they trapped them, they let them in the doors, they even got a shaman, and they used it as bait, trap, harm, clamp down, roll back freedoms. That is now a playbook around the world. And the importance of the Brazilian election cannot be understated because Brazil, again, in this hemisphere, was one of the last countries left. Think about it. Mexico, gone. Socialist president. 
Canada, Trudeau, the son of Castro, we know what's going on there. All of these South American countries. South America used to be a conservative family values type of thing. All wiped out. Look at the history of elections in South America. Central America, corrupt regimes, cartel running it, no government power or force. Brazil was the last line left and they toppled it in the same way and they did the exact same cover, clamp down, divert, roll back freedom. So what is going to happen here? What is gonna happen with 2024 with the election in the United States of America? Are we gonna have a free and fair process? Is Kevin McCarthy as the speaker designate now, is he gonna do something about it? Are all the conservatives that got accountability, the 20, are they going to hold the line now on the next thing when we need election integrity accountability? Is the federal government going to do anything, say anything? Are the state governments going to do anything so we don't have another situation just like January 6, 2020, just like Brazil two days ago? We will have to wait and see. So nobody's showing this, and I believe the reason they're not showing this to you on the mainstream media is because they don't want to show you how eerily replicated it is, okay? Then we'll show you how eerily replicated it is because then people would draw the connection. Absurd. Frankie, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Mike Crispy Unafraid. Do not go anywhere. All right. That was that all right, was nice. dude. We're doing good, Frankie. Frankie, we got the audio and everything back in sync, right? Oh yeah, you know it, guys. I appreciate you all in the live chat. It is so good to be back with you live, everybody. If you're watching the show and you're enjoying it, it's amazing to be back with you. We miss you. Amazing job by Isabella Moody. Do us a favor right now. If you enjoy what we're doing, we made some massive studio upgrades. We appreciate you guys bearing with us, um, Frankie and I. Brand new equipment that is going to make us bigger and better and stronger than ever before because the goal is to replace the mainstream media because we saw what Fox did with McCarthy, okay? We saw it. Absurd. We saw what they do in Brazil. Absurd. Somebody's got to give it to you. Frankie and I are doing that on the forefront. Do me a favor, everybody, and rumble this video. That is the plus sign on the browser. That is the thumbs up on the mobile app, okay? If you do that, you help us reach the leaderboard and reach new heights. I know Rumble did an upgrade on their uh, on their website and on their mobile app, so it looks a little bit different. It kind of looks like YouTube. Hit that Rumble button and help welcome us back, me and producer Frankie, with over 500 Rumbles. Let's do it. Additionally, if you like what you're hearing, please go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe to Mike Crispy Unafraid. You can go on Apple Podcasts, just go to wherever you get your podcast, pop in Mike Crispy Unafraid, hit the plus sign in the top right corner, boom, you're subscribed. If you don't have an iPhone, go on Spotify. Same thing, pop in Mike Crispy Unafraid, boom, you're subscribed. If you do that, you will help us get back to the top of the Apple Podcast charts. So we're not just dominating the Rumble charts, we're dominating the Apple Podcast charts. And I am pleased to say, um, for those of you who have not seen it yet, that this show, in terms of the podcast, is joining the Salem Podcast Network. Uh, so great, you guys know some of those Salem hosts. So nothing is changing with LFA TV. They're excited about LFA TV with the collaboration. So the podcast version is now at Salem Podcast Network, and that's just gonna allow this network, I mean, this show, to reach new heights and be more exposure overall and take us to the next level. So it's incredible to be 
on LFA TV. We have a full lineup of content now. Isabella's show starts later today. Sean's new show, Kevin up coming up after this. We're so excited for what's going on. We're so excited to come into the year 2023 with you guys and be stronger and better than ever. And you better believe that producer Frankie and I, we spent all weekend um, and all of the late last week getting these new additions ready into the studio. And Karen, you said you love this show. We love you too. Guys, do me a favor right now. Drop a line at the bottom of where you are watching us from. Okay, drop a line under. So you got the here, the description. Drop a line under of where you are watching this show from. Um, and then I uh, will be able to respond back to, I'll respond back to all of you today because I'm just so excited to be back with you. Uh, Frank, are we ready to roll back into it? You know it. Always. We are on in. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Mike Crispy here coming to you live from New York. It is January 9th. I am so grateful for the support that you have shown this broadcast and you have shown this network. Now, a lot of people came to me during the Speaker of the House race. A lot of people came to me and said, can we trust this guy, Kevin McCarthy? And some of the people were a for him, and they were saying, well, we need to just go with him. He's the only guy. And then, as we see, once that new rules package was agreed to, they said, well, this was his agenda all along, but they wanted those people to lay down. Very, very interesting. Now, we're going to take a look at Kevin McCarthy and see what kind of guy he is. Now, we have him, so we need to get the most out of him. Obviously, the country comes before him, right? That's the most important thing. The country before him. So I don't care if he's there, if he is bending the knee to our people. Now, there are other people who say, well, he before the country, right? Because they haven't learned anything. But if they haven't learned anything, it's because they haven't paid attention to who is attending World Economic Forum meetings. We talk about the WEF all the time. And I believe that if you want to be a member of Congress, you should have to swear an allegiance not to join global institutions that go counter to your job as an elected representative, which is to put your country first. Now, Kevin McCarthy would never agree to something like that because we dug up this unearthed footage of him at the World Economic Forum talking about something really, really Really interesting. Frankie, we got this clip here. It is so nuts. Roll it. Americans are all around the world. We want to help those allies that have the same type of values of deciding that protect their citizens and others. But more importantly, as I sat around Klaus's dinner last night, what's interesting Klaus. is the number of oh countries who are now talking about <laughs> First name their basis. tax system. And I do believe that with doing something as big as the tax change, it took three decades for anybody to have this happen. The economic of America rising helps the rest of the world, and it also helps from a safety perspective around the world. And I think you'll hear quite about that, but also the future plans from infrastructure, from building, um, one, the greater relationships with other countries, and Davos is a great place to have that happen. Oh, Davos is a great place to have that happen. Do you hear this guy? When I was sitting down at dinner with Klaus, who's Klaus? Oh, Klaus Schwab is the guy who wrote the Great Reset Novel Manual. Incredible. Are people looking at this footage? Are they showing this on television? Is Kevin McCarthy going to vow an allegiance not to have dinner and sit down with the likes of Klaus? 
So here's the deal. We have what we have, but that type of behavior makes me feel uneasy. And anybody who disagrees with that, who tells you otherwise, well, they're just drinking the Marjorie Taylor Greene Kool-Aid, because that rhetoric is not something you would hear from insurgent candidates. Think about Trump when he was running for president. Did he ever say, well, I was having dinner with Klaus, right? The only people who say that are the people who are handpicked, going to be put in, installed, put in there. It's quite peculiar and strange. And so that's what we have at the top. We have people like that who are listening to Klaus. And below that, we have members that do fundamentally unserious things and behave in almost a trained monkey fashion. The onion layer was really peeled back on the Congress when we saw them on round 14, 15 of the vote. You almost saw just how fundamentally unserious these people are and how they're nothing more, many of them, than just trained SEALs who go along, do what the donors, do what the WF people say, WEF people say, take their orders, behave like performing SEALs in the meantime. This is Kat Kamek, who's a massive disappointing sellout. Listen to this, this is so lame. Roll it, Frankie. There are no rules yet, baby. Ah, oh, incredible. There are no rules yet, baby. Yeah, okay, no. What are, you, what are you doing there? This is a serious time for our country where we're negotiating these concession, concessions to help the next Congress actually take this country back from the brink. And you're making these stupid videos, performing, laughing, saying these stupid things, Crenshaw, same thing. These people on the lower level are so unserious. You have people at the top like McCarthy who take their marching orders, who are handpicked. And then you have people like Kat Kamek below and hundreds of other members, the nameless, faceless members, the backbenchers. You don't know who they are in this whole process because they're part of the initial uh, you know, 188 that went for McCarthy. We have no idea who they are. You don't know because they're just going along to get along Republicans. They fly under the radar. They don't do media. They don't do much social media. There's no accountability. And then when they get an opportunity, they flaunt and do stupid childish things there that make you wonder if they even take their job seriously. So you have McCarthy at the top and all of these pathetic underlings below them. And this vote really showed us who was with us and who was merely spitting out rhetoric. Now, we are in a serious fight because the next order of business, now that McCarthy's in control, is to fight a guy named Hakeem Jeffries. Now, something I noticed that McCarthy did, and probably his first failure once he got elected in his test, was to yank this self-promoting clown off the stage when he gave a 30-minute speech at two o'clock in the morning about Democrat values. And it's amazing how McCarthy's like, oh, we need to come together, we're gonna do bipartisanship, we're gonna do this. Democrats like to act like that when it's the right time and act like they're this party of the American people, but they provoke, they go low, they take the cheap, shots and they do fundamentally unserious clown work like these remarks from Jeffries. We're going to roll this in two parts because it's so nauseating. We'll throw up if we roll the whole thing at once. Frankie, roll this. We'll always put American values over autocracy, but over bigotry, the constitution over the cult, democracy over demagogues, economic opportunity over extremism, freedom over fascism, governing over gaslighting, hopefulness over hatred, inclusion over isolation, justice over judicial oh, overreach, man. knowledge over oh, kangaroo courts, 
Liberty over oh, limitation. Oh, and it kept going, and it, okay, Frankie, we'll stop her. Liberty over limitation. Yeah, litmus test. Here's a litmus test. If you're gonna do the ABCs, the ABCs of the Democrat party, the ABCs of the globalists, W stands for World Economic Forum, S stands for sellout, S stands for shill, D stands for democracy, anti-democracy. Hakeem Jeffries took the opportunity to rub it in our face. Because here's the thing about him, I think that we prove. One, he doesn't want bipartisanship. Two, he, he has no interest in, in coming and coming together and doing the right thing for the people. He is a tactical operator. He's almost like a Kim Jong-un. They bow down to him. Do you hear all the speeches nominating him? It was nauseating. So this guy's got his control firm grip and he's not letting it up. And he kept going. He kept going. So think about it. Kevin McCarthy just won. And usually you're going to, you know, what they do is the Democrat hands the gavel over and it's a nice ceremonious thing. Hakeem Jeffries basically said, Kevin McCarthy, I have no respect for you. I'm going to come up here and grandstand when it's your moment and keep doing the ABCs. But guys, he kept doing it. It went on. Frankie, roll the rest of this BS. Knowledge over kangaroo court. Liberty over limitation. Maturity over Mar-a-Lago. Normalcy over negativity. Opportunity over obstruction. People over politics. Quality of life issues over QAnon. Reason Sounds like he over has racism. just like cotton in his mouth. over slander. Triumph over tyranny. Mm. Understanding over ugliness. Voting rights kept over going. voter suppression. Working families over the well-connected. Xenial over All right, xenophobe. enough of that. Oh, my goodness. I am a Xenial over Xenophobe. Mar-a-Lago. Do you hear how he does it? Do you hear him? It is the most absurd. We've never seen anything like that. We've never seen anything truly like that. Unreal, utterly insane. But there you go, that's Akeem Jeffries. No respect for Kevin McCarthy. No respect for our party. Absolutely taking a victory lap because in the first 13 ballots, he got more votes than McCarthy. You think that's guy gonna be, that guy is gonna be a, a guy work across the aisle? The Democrat party has been replaced with actors and props. Hakeem Jeffries is no better than Kat Kamek. No better than Kevin McCarthy. These people are actors on a stage. And if you didn't see over the last couple of weeks, this whole performative art with the speaker thing, and you didn't realize that they're fundamentally unserious people, that we have our elected representatives to do the work of us, well, then I don't know what to tell you. They peeled back the onion and revealed themselves. And Akeem Jeffries is not an Nancy Pelosi. He's vicious, he's calculating, and people are saying in the live comments, he sounds like a rapper. You know, maybe he's like, maybe he got that from Waka Flocka Flame. He wrote the articles, right? Something like, just ridiculous. So utterly ridiculous. So the old Democrat party officially died with Akeem Jeffries and the new party, the prop party, I call them. How's that for a PP? The prop party rose up in its place and they are nothing more than a body of people who follow the leader, the leader program what to say to take our country and turn it into what Brazil has become and the rest of the world. So disgraceful. We're going to take a quick break to wrap up the show. Do not go anywhere. Wow. I hate him. All right, Frankie, we're doing good. We're, yeah, no, he's absolutely terrible. QAnon over Q. Mar-a-Lago over this. I so was actually utterly uh, ridiculous. I was kind of surprised you didn't uh, mention that, he, like the last part, he actually had the Obama comment. He, he repeated Obama's phrase. That was great. What, which was what? Uh, it's actually what escaping me. I, I, I almost threw up this morning when I was putting the <laughs> well, book together. He, 
he really he really wants to be the next Barack Obama. That's the funny. He wants to be the next Barack Obama, but he's the next Andrew Gillum. I think that's safe to say, right? It is it is incredible. Guys, I appreciate you all watching the show. I appreciate you all tuning in to this episode of Mike Crispy Unafraid. Everybody, do me a favor and hit that rumble button as we are going here. I am doing a quick refresh. We are over 500 rumbles. Thank you all very much. We have amazing viewership today. I am looking in the live chat. WS84, I like this guy, Crispy. I like you too. LD Dooley, Nancy gave the hammer to her husband. Hilarious. Iris Hanna, we love Mike Crispy. Truth. Guys, it's so great to be back with you. I missed you all so much. Incredible live uh, live viewership here in this show. Continue to support us, everybody, and subscribe to Mike Crispy Unafraid on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you do that, you will help us continue to take over every single medium. So you rumble this video, you subscribe to this channel, you share this video on your social media platforms, and additionally, you subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Spotify. We see, I see so many, we're, we're over 1,300 people right now, so massive viewership. So if you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe to the channel and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of this broadcast because we are replacing the mainstream media. And you saw what they did with Newt Gingrich and Fox News and the shilling for McCarthy, not even trying to present both sides. You see the need for this. So, all right, Frank, anything to say to the people? Uh, no, but it's just really good to be here, and I miss y'all very much. And uh, this is where I belong, pushing these buttons. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, totally, I totally miss you guys as well, and it's, it's just so amazing to be back with you. And you better believe, now that we're in the year 2023, we have some amazing plans. So just so grateful for you. You guys have helped make this possible, and you guys are making possible what's going on in this network. Stay tuned right after this. My good friend Kevin Smith is coming up with his own show. So you got Sean's new show, Ungovernable. Then you got us, a Jeremy. You got Isabella. You got Kevin now. A full day of programming. Aren't you lucky, right? We're lucky, too. We're lucky to have you all. All right, let's do it, Frankie. All right, and we are on in five. Four, three, two, one. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Mike Crispy here coming to you live. I am so grateful for you all sticking with us here on this Monday, January 9th, breaking down McCarthy's begging, borrowing, and stealing to ascend to the speakership. What will this guy do? Can we trust him? Absolutely not. But right now, I will trust the 20 people who forced him into historic levels of concessions and a situation in Congress that we haven't seen since the 1860s. Now, it's not even hyperbolic to say that we need to do things that we've never done before because we are in a place that we've never been before. So we're going to wrap the show. We've been talking all about what's going on around the world, the inter-Republican fighting. That's been the theme of this show and really every show in this network and all over media landscape, whether they're shilling for McCarthy or not or, or what have you. Everyone's been talking about the speaker race, but we need to give you an update on the absurdity that is what we are up against. Joe Biden has been getting a pass. He's probably loved this for the last couple of weeks because one, he's got Kevin McCarthy, who's, you know, unless people force him, he's never going to do anything against him. He said he's not going to impeach him. He's definitely the guy that he wanted. McCarthy was definitely the guy that Zelensky wanted. He saw Zelensky uh, tweet out his congratulations on McCarthy. You think he would have tweeted out congratulations if Jim Jordan was the speaker or Andy Biggs? I don't think so. But the incredible nature of everything that we're seeing, everybody, is that our country is so fundamentally unserious right now that we will not even 
talk seriously about securing the southern border, which is a massive threat to the homeland and the people who inhabit this great country. So the head of the DHS is Alejandro Mayorkas. And this is an incredible clip. I laughed hysterical. First, I did a double take like, what? Listening to him, this was him just yesterday on CNN talking about the invasion occurring on the southern border. Frankie, roll the clip. The president knows the border very well. He has um, had his Secretary of Homeland Security visit multiple times since the very uh, initiation of the administration. And he's going to um, to see the border not for the first time um, in his uh, public service career right, uh, this Sunday. And I'm looking forward to joining <laughs> him oh, there. Oh, amazing. But he said, all right. So he goes, he goes uh, oh, the, Se- the Se- Department of Homeland Security secretary visited the border. Oh, excuse me, bro. You are the secretary of Department of Homeland Security. What is he talking about? It is just so bizarre, <laughs> right? It's like a bizarre thing to say. You're in charge of Homeland Security and you're gingerly picking your words and talking in third person as if you are not the person that is hired to do the job of what it is you say needs to be done. Like, it's just like, they're saying, what can we say not to offend the alt left, not to offend the globalists who want this invasion to occur? What can we say gingerly and perfectly to appease both sides, fool the independents? What can we do? And that is what they landed on. Alejandro Mayorkas talking in third person. And Joe Biden, again, in the midst of all this, visiting the southern border for the first time. That's what the media is saying. But he didn't really visit the southern border. He visited a parking lot. Frankie, this is weird, choreographed, strange, and I haven't seen any border wall and any footage of him in Texas. Roll the clip. All right. So you got this. What is he? What is he doing? He's walking gingerly. Uh, it's it's just amazing the the difference in leadership. You had President Trump always walking chest out, firm, in control. When he visited the border, he had the wall right behind him. Joe Biden broadcasted in a parking lot. Yes, Frankie. I just think it's funny. Like when we when we were dealing with Trump, it's and nothing was coordinated. He was just doing what he was doing, and the cameras were filming. With all of this, it's like oh, they're waiting. And oh, oh, cameras. Okay, walk and tell me what you're supposed to tell me. (laughs) Guys, Frankie's a producer. So it's like, all right, he's talking with the people. He's in the corner in the parking lot. And it's all right, when we say action, you walk towards us. And you see Joe Biden, he really is not that good at walking because he's like gingerly pacing towards the camera that's filming him when they say roll it in a parking lot, nowhere near the actual border. Absurdity, guys, absurdity. You know what's not absurd? You. And you know what's not absurd? This show and this network, we are the opposite of absurd because we are fighting the real absurd people and that is the fake phony news and that is the mainstream media. The mainstream media is dead and this show in 2023 and this network are officially replacing it. So grateful for the support that you have shown this program. Go over to MikeCrispy.com right now to support this show in every single way. Go to MyPillow.com, any last minute post post-holiday shopping, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code CRISPY for up to 66% off your order today. So head on over to MyPillow.com, support the great Mike Lindell, who by the way, called Marjorie Taylor Greene a traitor, said that, that, that she sold out and didn't hold up to her end of the bargain. So when you've lost Mike Lindell, what do you have left, Marjorie? Hope you have a good time with Kevin. <laughs> now, 
Everybody, we're just getting started. I say it all the time. This show has reached new heights. We had an amazing 2022. I am so honored and grateful to be back with you, reunited with Frankie, here better than ever. So we appreciate you all. We love you all. You know, we always keep it America first, bold, and unafraid on this program. We're just getting started. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day.